Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It is Wednesday night. You know what that means. You are tuned in to Wrestling Inc. across all of the platforms. YouTube, Twitch, Periscope, Facebook. Checking out the audio. Whatever you fancy, we got it for you. As we're coming to you. Three countries coming together to give you your Wednesday night podcast here on Wrestling Inc. I'm Justin Labar coming to you from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. North of me across the border in Toronto. He is former WWE referee jimmy corderas and down south in beautiful puerto rico is the demon diva isa ladies gentlemen how are we doing tonight ladies first isa how are you tonight doing great recovering from COVID, but i thought tonight's episode was fun so now oh, you, you'll kick COVID's ass i, I know you <laughs> jimmy how is it up in toronto it's a little bit fluctuating the weather here we go from extreme cold to comfortable weather to very cool nights but other than that like, like I like to say, it's better than shoveling snow in your driveway. So I will take it. Yes, uh, exactly. Perspective is always the key, and shoveling, mm-hmm. shoveling, shoveling snow, uh, the worry. It, you know, just it's one step worse than having to, to rake leaves because because inevitably you're you're raking le- raking and bagging leaves and the wind blows. That's like the ultimate uh, joke mm-hmm. from Mother Nature mm-hmm. is uh, trying to bag leaves. Uh, so great, everybody's joining us here tonight. Of course, especially in the live chat. Uh, that's being part of us. Of course, they can uh, do your super chat and be uh, the fourth co-host for a moment. Uh, and I know I've seen people too. People have asked me why. Why do we have the long, dramatic, cinematic countdown? I'll give I'll give you guys a little peek behind the the podcast psychological curtain here. The reason we do that 
uh, is, is is one to build a little bit of, of, of anticipation. But but the technical reason is because obviously it's for those watching live. You know, if you're watching, if you're checking out the archive, you know you can fast forward, you can what have you. But those watching live, we have a great live audience. Once we start and then it alerts people. Uh, or they need to refresh or do whatever. I we don't want to just jump right into conversation or even the pleasantries. Uh, and and you miss everything we're doing is for a reason. We don't want you to miss. So the the countdown is a chance to kind of let everybody kind of filter in and 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 not miss out on the conversation. Of course, we jump into the news stories first. Uh, so that that's the whole point. So there there's your there's your peek behind the the format of, of why we do what we do. Uh, but I, I always love getting different people. People love the music. Some people think think that we're getting ready to go into like a great big uh battle together uh it always cracks me up the, the comments that get sent to me uh, about the countdown uh let's go ahead and talk some news uh mm-hmm. wrestling inc., uh, have you, if you've not checked out wrestling inc brand new design brand new layout uh please uh check it out uh i i think personally it's it's very eye-catching no very i mean you know you don't have to deal with ads or anything on the home page uh, a lot of lot of visuals very very fun very easy to navigate so check it out if you haven't i would assume you have otherwise how did you find this podcast? Uh, let's talk about this first news story. Let's talk about Ric Flair. Now, Flair, of course, uh, was it last weekend? Or has it been two mm-hmm. weekends ago? How many weekends has it been? So you were there. Two weekends ago. Two last weekend, ago. he was here in Puerto Rico, actually. That's right. Actually, remind mm-hmm. me to get back. Let's get back to that, too, before we uh, move off of Rick. But two weekends ago, Rick had his last match ever, big show in Nashville, uh, tag match. And uh, him and Andre, uh, Andrade El Idolo versus Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. And uh, Rick... Uh, admitting um, that he did, in fact, have uh, he did have some some scares. We'll say mm-hmm. uh, he confirmed that he suffered uh, some some medical issues and that he passed out uh, twice. In fact, mm-hmm. during this last match, um, he said this on his podcast. He goes, "quote I don't think people realize that I passed out twice. My regimentation for training was so strict that I kept my weight. I wanted my perfect weight to be like two twenty going in." I didn't hydrate because I had it in my mind that I had to weigh 219. Anyway, I went to the ring at 217 pounds, and what happened? During the body of the match, I just became dehydrated, and when I was standing on the apron, I looked at Jay, which started the whole wheel of motion. I said, man, I think I'm getting sick because I was getting lightheaded. He goes on to talk about a spot that they even altered called an audible because uh, he he had fear of, of being able to pull it off. Uh, properly and safely. Uh, again, you can read more of the quotes on Wrestling Inc. Uh, from his podcast to be the man. Uh, a funny note also is that uh, not just the fans were concerned about Flair following his uh, you know near 30-minute match. The Undertaker, who of course we know was sitting ringside, Undertaker came to Flair's aid after the entire thing. Um, and uh, Flair says it was all dehydration. Undertaker came running and I had like six beers there and he took them out of my hand and said, you're drinking two Gatorades. So, Doctor nice. Deadman <laughs> comes yes. to the aid of uh, of one of his former WrestleMania opponents. Uh, he said, "This is, this, I mean, obviously, we know Rick gets through it. He does the match. He's okay now. So, I feel like he gets his license to laugh uh, at this story because it's kind of fun." Yeah, I mean, he gets his license to laugh, but it was still scary for all of us watching. Like, I I feel like as soon as it was announced, most of us have so many fears that something could go wrong here. I'm glad that dehydration is the only thing that he's suffering, that he's okay from it. But, you know, laugh about it now, but it's not not funny. I mean, Ric Flair is older. He's gone through a lot of health issues, and I I was personally concerned, but I'm glad he made it through it. Jimmy, you've refed uh, probably thousands of matches in your mm-hmm. career. Um, 
did, did dehydration ever get the better of you? Did you ever cramp up in the middle of a match? Did you, I mean, did you ever get lightheaded and almost pass out? Like, did you ever have any like close calls with 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 dehydration and cardio? Um, I would say not that close. I mean, I there were times where I did get de a little dehydrated and felt it, but not to that extreme. Um, you know, I I was very fortunate not to have that kind of uh, accident or whatever you want to call it happen to me in the ring. I've had some physical stuff happened to me where I've been injured, but other than that, nothing like this. And uh, like Issa said, I'm just glad that he's okay from it because this could have been really tragic, especially for someone like Ric Flair. Let's, let's be honest. He can't, he's not, he's not a spring chicken anymore and he can't do a lot of the things he used to do. But at the same time, um, I'm happy in one sense that he got to go out on his terms and finish his career the way he, I guess, wanted to finish it for lack of a better term. But at the same time, very scary situation, and it could have been a much, much worse. And thank goodness that it turned out the way it did. And thank goodness for the dead man continuing to be our leader, the boy, the leader of the boys in the locker room who, you know, pr uh, presented the two Gatorades as opposed to the uh, six beers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, didn't come on with any Jack Daniels uh, in that moment. No, not needed. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, look, I, I mean. You know, we'll get back to Eastland Ric Flair and, and Puerto Rico in a second. But, you know, it's like uh, everybody's going to agree. Even Rick would agree if he asked this answer, honestly. You know, there's no better ending than what he could have been when he had his last match at WrestleMania versus Sean. Obviously, what's done is done. He, he since came, you know, he, he did other things. I mean, this was a pretty good, you know, obviously it's a great house, very respectable house. You know, they ended up having an upgrade venue. You know, he had some real talent in the ring with him. He had a lot of great talent, Hall of Famer sitting ringside. Overall, the show, you know, was very good. You know, Issa, of course, was on site. She talked about it before. So, you know, I mean, I, I guess maybe this is the best, you know, to get a big-time draw the way he did, both for pay-per-view and for uh, live gate, um, you know, to be basically this, I mean, one of the largest independent uh, shows ever, um, I mean, that's a pretty good thing to go out on at 73. So uh, that probably is the best, you know, I mean, I hope that he stays with this and that is, this is that was, in fact, the last match. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, Issa, yeah, I know you te and you'd even tease it that it was going to happen. And uh, of course, you're there in Puerto Rico. Um, Rick got a little physical with uh, with the with the colognes, correct? In Puerto Rico. Yes, with Carlitos Colon. What a moment! What an epic moment! Especially celebrating the anniversary, 49th anniversary of WWC, which is like, uh, you know, what 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 started wrestling here in Puerto Rico. Well, not what started it, but it's one of the biggest promotions here. Put it on the map for sure. Yes, yes, and they had they had a confrontation. It was so good to see it. I know that uh, Colon has been having a couple of health issues on his own, so it was just great to just see them have that moment for nostalgia factor and it was just a, a small confrontation nothing crazy so i mean everybody went crazy for it that's awesome, awesome. very cool yes um all right well we go from awesome uh to not such mm -hmm. uh the drama continues in the uh investigation <clears throat> into uh vince mcmahon jr uh wwe's latest sec filing on tuesday revealed an additional $5 million, a new $5 million in payments that McMahon uh, made to two more individuals. The company stated that the payments are unrelated to the allegations that initially led to the special committee's investigation. Uh, the unrecorded expenses tied to McMahon now total $19.6 million. Uh, it was at 14 and change, but these two more add, uh, this $5 million adds up and gets it up to 19.6. Uh, and so now the, you know, the company he wants uh, you know, well, he led for decades, uh, is now 
cleaning up a bit of a financial mess because as a result, the company's had to then admit they've had to go back now on previous years, financial records, and um, honestly adjust where where they where they they can and they were supposed to be um reporting the second quarter of 2022's financials but that's being delayed because they're trying to go back and having to alter now because this is um that you know WWE expects to revise its financial statements from 2019 2020 and 2021 and the first quarter of 2022 to account for mcmahon's improper spending uh, WWE is also examining its disclosure controls and procedures and internal control over financing report. Um, and also, again, on the story, just talking about um, SEC and federal prosecutors looking at payments made by McMahon. At least eight law firms now are investigating whether WWE wow. engaged in unlawful business practices hmm. at the expense of investors. Um, yeah, I mean, I, on the one hand, Jimmy, I, I, again, I, I, on the one hand, I go, this is just going to get messier before it ever gets better, if it ever gets better. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that whether it was by his own volition or whether he just listened to those around him, that he did step away because this would be an even greater distraction if he mm-hmm. was still trying to be there every week at TV while this is going on. Uh, so in that regard, it's like, all right, well, I guess good that he, the guy that we thought maybe would die in the job, that he mm-hmm. did at least step away while this is happening. But it can't be ignored how, a legacy as a pioneer and an innovator. Uh, I mean, what? I mean, if this keeps going, what's the leg? I mean, does this does, does, does this darken his legacy? Yeah, I I think it does, and because perception is reality. These allegations that are coming out, um, uh, but and listen, I'm not trying to underplay it by saying you know in corporate America stuff like this happens a lot, but this is getting a lot of play because Vince McMahon is a very you know uh, public figure especially in the eyes of wrestling fans. And this does not look good for him. So him stepping away, he's also a very smart man. Let's put it that way. Let's not forget that. And uh, I'd like to think that it was his idea to step back to save the company, so to speak, because he, I think he knows that if he stuck around, the the attention would be all on what this, uh, you know, all these allegations and this money and that sort of thing. Uh, as far as the legal side of things, I'm not a lawyer. I can't speak to that. All I know is that, it was the best move he could make and put the people, I think right now he has the right people in place, whether it was his decision to put those people in place. I don't know. I can't speak to that. I like to think he was the one who was responsible for kind of handpicking them and placing them in their positions. But at the same time, um, it was the only move that made sense if you want to save the company because you want the company to be remembered as an innovator in this industry. Yeah, I mean, Issa, none of us, none of the three of us are, are have passed the bar, but um, to Jimmy's point, it, it's like, you know, this is, you know, obviously his father, now him, and the next generation, of course, you know, St- Stephanie, you know, Triple H, you know, if Shane comes back in the fold, we'll have to see, and then but beyond them, Shane's got kids, mm-hmm. Stephanie and, and, and Triple H have, have uh, three girls, I believe, so like, this is something that potentially could be there for the generations on, for the McMahon family to continue to be part of. Um, even if they, even if they sold to a parent company like a Disney or whomever, they could still be there and be the, the, the people that run day to day. But yeah, we're not legal experts. But if Vince would have stayed in his position and this continues to happen, I mean, I, I think it's open season, right, for people to try to come after criminal with with criminal. Uh, complaints to try to that that could really tear the company down i mean this is i mean this is serious stuff so it really puts a perspective vince stepping away several weeks ago 
Yes, and and to um, Jimmy's point, I also hope that he kept that in mind. Not only the the image of the of the business itself, but also the people that are still there, that are part of the family, and the future generations of this family to come. I will say, uh, you know, we knew more was coming out, and I, I personally think a personal opinion that that's the reason why he chose to step away. It didn't feel like this affected as much as when he was still coming out, having appearances, you know, when the first couple of allegations came out, it wasn't a good look. Now today we read that and it's like, yeah, okay, we kind of knew this was coming. Let's move on because the product itself is interesting. Again, they're getting the number. So obviously the right choice was made by Vince. Um, and and this would have came out eventually, you know, but I'm, I'm glad that he stepped away and that doesn't take away from what's going on in WWE right now. I'll be very curious what Vince's future is as it relates to the public spotlight. Uh, obviously, it seems like he's done, obviously, as and the role that we've all known him in for so many decades. But, you know, what I mean is, uh, you know, he's, he didn't, he, he kind of stopped doing a lot of interviews anyways in, in the last year, so I don't expect interviews. But, like, you know, does he ever get inducted to the WWE Hall of Fame? Does... You know, like things like that. What, what, you know, I'll be curious how long this stuff goes on. What ultimately becomes of the findings uh, of just what the legacy is of the remainder of his life and beyond. Um, so uh, the, the unfortunate, th- yeah, yeah. The unfortunate thing is, I think these allegations are going to stick with him. And you mentioned Hall of Fame. Uh, at this time, I don't see that happening. Yeah. Right. All right, so uh, uh, of course, Wrestling Inc. Day to day got your news uh, covered mm-hmm. for you every single day. Uh, so keep checking with them thoroughly too. Thoroughly, yeah. Thir- I mean, if there's so much. I mean, there's there's mm-hmm. news reports going on Wrestling Inc. There, there's great um, great opinion pieces that that are going up there. Kind of you know, so really something for everybody on Wrestling Inc. Please mm-hmm. uh, check out the website if you have not. But of course, we appreciate you sticking with the podcast. Subscribe, like, tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend, tell us how are you listening, where are you listening, where in the world are you, Carmen San Diego. Love to hear it. Uh, we got a super chat that we'll do. It's WWE related, so we'll do the last bit mm-hmm. of WWE uh, content before we get into Dynamite. Coming to uh, coming to us from Brian Barry. Brian asked, "Do you think Cross? I assume Carrying Cross is added to the championship match, Justin, and is Bray next? I, I do think Cross is added, probably to this Clash of the Castle. Um, it, it's you know why why hurry up and have him." Uh, inserted and attack drew and, and everything as we're coming as we're approaching that show uh if you why well, have him now you know or you could just hold him and have him show up on the smackdown after that pay-per-view or that premium love event mm-hmm. so i do think cross gets added and i do think that it's significant because triple threats obviously are a whole different dynamic it provides you some many different scenarios of getting out of the match in terms of protecting people uh, and, oh, by the way, Roman Reigns is still carrying two straps around. So mm-hmm. there, that could be a factor. So I do think that's probably going to happen. Uh, is Bray next? I, I, I do think Bray Wyatt's going to be back in WWE. Um, timeline, I don't know. But I, I think that it's probably going to happen. He didn't get, he didn't go anywhere else in the, in the year that he's been off and gone. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's probably significant. And then now it seems with what seems to be positive PR coming out of WWE right now with the leadership change. I think it's probably inevitable that he does wind up back there. I don't know if it's now, don't know if it's Rumble, don't know when, but I mean, I would, would you guys agree that Bray's probably destined to return? I th- I think so. I think so. He's very creative he, and, and Hunter's very much aware of that. Trust me. Uh, but at the same time, you said something too. Uh, if they can wait that long, I know Rumble seems like a long time away. It seems six months from now or whatever it is. But at the same time, can you imagine that that reaction he would get coming out there? I don't think you hold him to Rumble, Issa, just because, I mean, I, I said Rumble just throwing it out there, but I mean, no, I, think yeah. with, I think with Rumble, you know, 
I think we all kind of assume that's going to be kind of a, a time mark for Cody Rhodes to get back. Mm-hmm. Who knows what other surprises you could pull out there? I think with Bray, you know, you still have at Beyond Clash at the Castle, you have another Saudi show, and you need to mm-hmm. load the marquee up there. I got to think Hunter's going to put uh, emphasis on getting Survivor Series back to meaning something. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of Twitter booking of could he take the war games, which he, of course, brought back and put in NXT. Could you provide the war games in a Survivor Series? Uh, so, and, and they also still have the big day one show. They want to try to market New Year's Day, kicking off the new year with them, and they have a premium live event there. So I think there's plenty of other times where you could use marquee return names like Bray Wyatt or whether he's Bray Wyatt or The Fiend, whatever the case may be. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, Bray Wyatt comes back, and if I have him, in, in a position to come back, I will I will rush it. That there's a lot of wrestling between now and the Royal Rumble. I do think the Royal Rumble is an exciting pay per view to just think about, just because of Triple H and how many calls he could make. I don't think he's gonna give us everything he's got in the first few weeks, so I think we might see some surprises upcoming. But yeah, I I, w- I will bring Bray Wyatt back, you know, as soon as possible. It seems like he's putting a lot of effort into making secondary titles feel important again, um, and. There's a lot of people that Bray Wyatt could have a feud with right now that could elevate them. So I I, I will bring him back before the Rumble. Um, and yeah, I think adding Cross to this match is super interesting. You can you can have Roman lose without being pinned. We have seen Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns so many times with the same result. Roman always beats Drew. So I think adding something to the equation makes the feud interesting again. So I'm excited about it. Well, and it's very interesting because you just said you could have Roman lose. Roman could the, the, the Roman could lose without being pinned, but um, you know, like that's interesting because you know you have you have Roman Reigns who's on this incredible streak. So you're very mm-hmm. delicate about what you do with him. But do you want to pin a returning carrying cross? So you just thrust it. You know, last time the you know, oh it, no, it, I was pinning Drew McIntyre, Labar. Pinning Drew McIntyre. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> oh, I'm just saying. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different things here that could happen. I mean, there's just a lot. You know, but then but then Drew, who's supposed to be the you know the European home home country home territory guy, like there's mm-hmm. a lot of things there that could that come to play. Um, mm-hmm. So that, that, that's that's fascinating. Uh, Issa, if Bray comes back, do you want original rocking chair Bray Wyatt? Do you want Fiend or do you want some other new iteration of Bray Wyatt? I really, really love the Fiend and, and I'm willing to put whatever happened with the Fiend aside just to see a real run with the Fiend. I want the Fiend to be used occasionally. So probably the original Bray Wyatt with the Fiend coming back when when necessary, you know, kind of like an, mm. like an ego that he calls in when he needs it to. Um I, I also did enjoy Firefly Funhouse Bray. So, I mean, Bray Wyatt is just so genius at what he does that regardless of what they do with him, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hit. It's just a matter of are they going to give him some justice with the booking. Sure, sure. Yep. Fun times ahead, that's for sure. All right, uh, let's go ahead and jump into AEW Dynamite. It is the mm-hmm. Quake by the Lake. Coming to you from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, fun fact, boys and girls, would you like to guess? We'll do an over-under. Would you like to guess, in the history uh, of modern history of documentation, going back to the mid-1800s, how many earthquakes, how much seismic activity the state of Minnesota has encountered? Jimmy, I'll go with you. Out of all the numbers, and never mind, you're going back to, I'm talking, (laughs) I'm talking 200 years here. How many earthquakes do you think have been recorded ever in Minnesota? Well, you said since you're going back 200 years, that's the number I'm going to take, two. One per century, if that. Issa, mm-hmm. how many earthquakes have been documented? I'm going to say three. 
You guys are really small. Uh, it's not quite that few, but still in twenty in, in two hundred plus years, uh, twenty. Uh, Minnesota oh, earthquake. Really? Minnesota has been one of the lowest occurrence levels of earthquakes in the United States. A total of twenty small earthquakes have been documented since about eighteen sixty. Uh, mm. So there's your seismic activity history lesson uh, for the state of Minnesota. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. You're welcome. I try to bring you know I try to bring another element to the podcast. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> historic Quake, by the facts. Way. Historic yeah. facts. There you yeah, go. That's right. <clears throat> All right. Uh, well, here's some historic facts. So we start off with a coffin match. There have been two My in God. the history of AEW prior tonight. Uh, both have been won by Darby Allen. So Darby's coming in two and zero. Oh. Darby Allen, coffin match expert in AEW, up against Brody King. And right out the gate, Bro- uh, Darby has a surprise attack on Brody out of the shadows. Uh, uses a skateboard on Brody mm-hmm. that's got thumbtacks on it. This immediately results in blood all over Brody King. Uh, Brody does a dive off the top. He misses. Darby goes through a table. We get lights out. Here's the House of Black. They appear. They have the numbers game. But then as they go to open up the coffin, Sting pops out of the coffin. Um, uh, takes out Buddy Matthews and then Sting. Nice little touch here. He's because he got the miss from Black, remember? And mm-hmm. now he's got like that blackened eye where he got the miss. I thought that was a nice touch. Commentary puts on it. Uh, he tosses the bat to Malachi Black, saying, "Kind of come on." Black backs off, leaves the uh, leaves the ringside area, mm-hmm. and finally Darby takes the chain that was uh, Brody's chain, hangs and chokes him from the ropes. And then Brody uh, ultimately ultimately falls into the coffin for Darby to get the victory. Moves to three and zero in coffin matches. Uh, Issa, I'll start with you. Uh, this was a bloody, violent opener uh, in this feud between Darby and and, and Brody. Uh, what did this do for you? Where did you land for this one? I love this match. I thought AEW started out hot today. I don't know if maybe the booking of other shows is lighting a fire under TK, but I, I really enjoyed tonight's episode of Dynamite, and I love the way that it started. I, I'm i going to nitpick at that commercial break, like five minutes into it. Like We see like all of this action. It's so chaotic. Brody King is bleeding right away, and then we go to commercial five minutes into the start of the show. I, I, I just couldn't. You know, you could have pushed that out a little bit more. Sting popping out of that coughing. I, I love that moment. I wasn't expecting it. It took me by surprise. I couldn't figure out how they were going to make... I had a feeling Darby was willing winning this match with his history coughing matches, as you mentioned. I didn't know how they were going to do it, and it was believable, right? Because when you're looking at Darby and Brody King and their history and their prior matches, it just doesn't seem like, like Darby's ever going to get one on him. But the way that they went on about it, it was excellently executed. I just thought the show started out with a bang. And he, personally, I didn't think he slowed down after that. So it was great. Jimmy, where's your stock in the House of Black right now? Uh, do, are, are you still buying into them, or, or where are they at? I like their presentation. I like the way they come out and that sort of thing. And I don't think tonight hurt them that much because Darby Allen is believable as a smaller guy with a fight. He he, he showed that tonight. Um, and having Sting by his side helping him, obviously, is a big help too. But uh, to your question about the House of Black, I'm okay with them so far. I I kind of didn't like the fact that uh, Malachi backed off, even though Sting threw the bat to him and he backed off. I would have liked to see maybe Sting outsmart him in some form or fashion. That would have made more sense. But other than that, I don't think they're losing too much stock in in the House of Black because they're presented well, I think, other than the fact that they kind of, you know, uh, backed off from Sting, even with a bat. 
I'll, uh, I'm going to jump forward. I normally try to do things in order of they happen on the show, but I just feel like it's just better just to kind of tack this yeah. one on. It, it appeared later. We got a promo later, backstage, a pre-tape promo uh, from Miro, mm-hmm. uh, who, of course, is, has directed comments at the House of Black. And uh, quickly into his comments, Julia Hart appears. Of course, she is part of the House of Black now. And she even basically, is, uh, I'm paraphrasing, basically just says embrace the House of Black, come to our side, do, do what I did, embrace them. Mm-hmm. She touches Miro's uh, face. Uh, he says there's only one woman who's worthy of touching the Redeemer's face. Uh, and then he basically turns his back and faces the other way and just, you know, just continues to note that he is coming for the House of Black. I, 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 this is interesting because, I mean, this, we, we know that he's been, we know that there's something there between he and House of Black. Uh, if you follow the news, uh, there was a news story this past week of Miro um, on social media, maybe questioning AEW's booking and, and, and the broad spectrum of talent. Uh, Jimmy, what did you make of this? And just for all the context of what I said, what, what did what did this promo do for you for Miro in the House of Black? Well, it is continuing to plant seeds, but at the same time, I kind of see where Miro's coming from. You know, uh, here's a guy who left one company, went to the other, was probably promised this and that. I don't know. I can't speak to that. But at the same time, you have high expectations. And then you are used very infrequently in ring, and you're doing a lot of backstage uh of promos, which are actually pretty good promos. He's, he's actually a pretty good talker when he gets the yes. opportunity. And uh, I just, I, I'm not enthralled with the House of Black. Uh, going, it almost feels like I'm going back on what I said earlier, but, you know, as much as I'm interested in the House of Black, I'm not interested in this rivalry because I want to see more from the House of Black before these two guys or these two, you know, yeah. separate entities get it on. He said, it feels like... Um... I, I like this. I like I like him speaking as the redeemer, but still up to this point, Rusev reached much higher heights than Miro mm-hmm. did. Oh yeah, I agree. But I, I personally, Miro has had one of my favorite title reigns in AEW, and it's it's a little bit sad to see that they haven't done much, you know, with him mm-hmm. after that TNT title run because I really really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Now here tonight, the one thing that I just took out of this it wasn't even house of black it's just how bad i want to see cj join him in aew as soon as julia showed up and touched his face i was doing a live stream and i said who is she touching him like this like somebody get cj in here right now so i think adding her to the equation could really really make this interesting especially with the julia hart addition to the house of black i don't know that she still feels like she fits in and i feel like adding uh the figure of cj and maybe her you know, having something to do in this feud will also help Julia Hart feel like she belongs with the House of Black because she still feels a little like she doesn't belong to me. It's funny you said that, Issa. I uh, I did not start watching live at 8 o'clock, hence why I didn't do really any live tweeting. Uh, I started a little bit later, so I, of course, was using commercials to, to as best I could because we have picture in picture, so I'm trying to see some things in the match. But So I'm, 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 I'm hitting the fast-forward button to get myself caught up. Mm-hmm. And so then we, then we get to the Miro promo, and I, as, before I could even stop, the fast forwarding because I want to hear what he's saying. My fast forward skipped through and I see a blonde walk into the screen. I went, Holy shit! Because I, <laughs> I thought CJ finally had showed up. And I'm like, Oh, it's Julia. <laughs> then, you know, and then I yeah, yeah I think we were all expecting CJ uh, yeah. and I'm hoping that she just ends up joining him soon. Yeah. I have my happy Lana Day shirt waiting to, there you go. to, to put on mm. for, for the right time. All right, so that's that. Uh, that's all things House of Black uh, tonight for AEW Dynamite's Quake by the Lake. I'll uh, be moving to a tornado tag match. We'll go to the referee here in a moment. 
Uh, we got Andrade, <laughs> El Idolo, and Roosh. And a commentary does a nice job during this entrance, uh, giving some context of these two men. First time day, uh, tagging in AEW, but a very long history of dominance yes. in Mexico. So uh, well, well done here. I believe mm -hmm. it was by Excalibur. Uh, mm -hmm. They're up against uh, Penta, one of my favorites. I don't even know if I got to gush over Penta. Penta was here mm -hmm. just a few weeks ago with us at IWC Wrestling. And uh, just to see this guy, not going to, you know, he's still Penta. Saw him behind the curtain. Yeah. He's still Penta. Mm -hmm. And boy, did I love that. He is just, he is a, he's an yeah. intense cat. I like it. I love it. I, 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 I that, 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 that's, that's my mark out moment. Uh, Penta and his brother, Ray Phoenix, the Lucha Brothers, mm -hmm. up against Andrade and Roosh. Tornado tag. Uh, Jimmy, this just means that, that all four men, well, you don't need to do any tag. Everything's basically legal. We, it's all just, go ahead. It's, it's funny you said that because while I was taking my notes there, here's a, 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 a tornado tag, insert your own ref joke here, AEW ref joke here. Because, you know, like, so why is this match any different than any other tag match in AEW other than FTR? Um, but anyway, uh, going into this match, I knew what to expect. And I got what I was expecting, a fun high spot filled match with a lot of big spots and stuff like that. It was entertaining. And that's what it was meant to be from the start. And people could say, well, they did this and they did too much. And it, no, that's what it was meant to be. It was meant to be entertaining. It was meant to be fun. And that's why I just sat back, enjoyed and just watched. Yeah. I'm be honest here. Uh, and and the, 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 there's the joke there, right? Obviously like, you know, yeah. a lot of tornado tags uh, in, in AEW. Mm -hmm. I'll be honest. I wish that they would, first off, tornado tag was the right call for these four guys. Mm -hmm. Because it allowed them, and if somebody's going, why? And, and Jimmy, back me up here as, as the rules expert. It allowed how fast paced their offense and the transitions. It allowed it all to happen, but it all happened legally under the rules versus having to break pace and tag and get a legal man in and this and that. So, I, I mean, I thought I'd, I'd almost, Issa, prefer AEW just be a little more liberal and just name more tag matches under these rules because then I'll just go, okay, just throw out tag rules and let's just, I'll accept it. Don't tell me we're going to have a tag match and when the referee's trying to enforce something that's just mm. going to be thrown out anyways. Yeah, it will make it will make the booking and 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 the referees look a lot better, right? <laughs> because like we always had that issue in AW. I always find myself questioning who the legal man is when they do a regular rule tag match. Um mm -hmm. I love this match. As somebody who fell in love with wrestling, watching Luchadores and Lucha Libre style match, this was everything. I also had great appreciation for AEW giving us a very hardcore match, followed by a high-flying Lucha match, followed by a squash match. Like, there's something for everyone mm -hmm. in AEW, and I really, really appreciate that. I have to give a major props on the mask spot. I am a big advocate of don't try to remove somebody's mask and the way that they did this where he had to take off his own mask in order to save his tag partner i thought it was very well executed and beautifully done all four of these men are so talented happy to see andrade and rush get the win here especially since they're moving on to the trios tournament i i like to see a showcase and i like to see them doing more with andrade this was a plus for me yeah uh and 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 Great job wrapping it up there, right there. He's, uh, Andrade does get the mm -hmm. pin on Ray Phoenix using a hammerlock DDT. So mm -hmm. uh, a much-needed win for an Andrade um, yeah. in the AEW circles. Uh, Issa, this is not a super chat, but I see it in there. A uh, little, little, little Spanish for you. What, what, what are we saying here? Uh, he says, hi, Issa. I miss you, my queen. Thank you, sir. You. Oh, very good. Very nice. Good. We're a bilingual show. Uh, yeah, very fun, man. And, and, and I mean, good, good call there. This is... Um, you know, this is a, you're right. Something for everybody. It was definitely the buffet was on display tonight. Um, 
uh, uh, you know, in, in, in your wrestling fandom. Uh, Super chat from Bear, oh. $5. Uh, what do you guys think of breaking news that Bray Wyatt is returning to WWE? Can you also address Tony Khan's backstage behavior towards AEW talent? Uh, well, Bear, first of all, on the, on the breaking news, I mean, what do you, are you, yeah, unless, unless, yeah. unless, yeah, I'm about to say, unless Bray has flat out said he's coming back. I mean, I know he had a kind of a cryptic uh, post that people were trying mm. to interpret, but I, I wouldn't say that that is breaking news that he's returning. Um, and to the Tony Collins backstage behavior, I've seen the, I've seen what you're referencing mm-hmm. there. My, my opinion before I toss it to my colleagues here, you have to be very, you have to be very, very careful on any report talks about whenever it's addressing somebody, whenever it's addressing the management and the bookers, mm-hmm. um, ne- negative alleged negative behavior towards talent, because what ends up ha- what what can happen, especially in AEW that has a huge roster. If one person, or even two, or even three, but it's a huge roster, are a little disgruntled, not being used as much as they were, not being used as much as they think they should be, mm-hmm. plans changing so they get their their storyline gets pushed back. Right. That can just be two or three people in a very large roster. If they're just disgruntled and they just are the sources that go to the publication that reports such. It paints this light that Tony's, um, mm-hmm. but but when in reality, you know, uh, forty out of fifty people are feeling pretty good about what's going on, or you know what I mean. So, mm-hmm. unless you're there, or unless I, but even even if I, even if I want to pick up the phone and call Wardlow and say, "What do you think of this?" Well, based upon how Wardlow's being treated, right, I don't think he's going to have any complaint about Tony Khan. So you know, mm-hmm. it's like you, you never know because everybody has their own agenda, their own story, their own situation. Uh, Jimmy, you're not in your head. You've been backstage yep. for many, many years. Mm-hmm. I mean, is that, I mean, I, I don't, I mean, that to me just seems like that's how this works is that if, if some one person could be upset and they could try to tell their own, you know, tell their own narrative. That's the exact thing. They tell their own narrative, their own story. They, they kind of, I hate to put it this way, fudge the numbers to to kind of get what they want or or, or it's it's a, an excuse or reasoning behind why something is not going the way they were hoping it would go you know what i mean and yeah. well, again like you said i'm not there to witness it but i don't see that being an issue with with the majority of the talent there i just think there's some that are having an issue and i think that with, with it relating to tony khan and all i've heard from people who who, who deal with them is uh, nothing but positive so uh, I guess you can't please all the people all the time. I, the old saying. Agreed. Says. Agreed. Uh, man cave sessions. Issa, damn girl. All right. Mm. Uh, Sergio, mm. no super chat, but Justin, what's in the absolute bar? Uh, absolute and Sprite. Absolute, absolute vodka and Sprite Zero. If you want to be watching your calories and your mm-hmm. sugar. That's all go. he ever drinks every single <laughs> <Yeah>. time. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, a very, I'm a very simple guy. Um, <laughs> What we got here? Uh, Super Tech Keith, kind of a separate complaint, but AW Dark is starting to have more promos and storylines, but never discussed on Dynamite. I know limited time, but still, that's the balance, right? They yep. they just have different shows, different properties. It's trying to create that. But I mean, look, Rampage is the next most important thing, right? Because it's on, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it's on cable. Um, yes, you know, so television. That, and and that and, and you know, I, and I even think uh, I don't know if we'll get to everything they announced for Dynamite. It's so much, but. I even think um, just some of the things they announced for Diamond this Friday, it already it feels like they're trying to put a little bit more. Brian Danielson's going to return and speak and talk about uh, whatever he wants to talk about ahead of a match he's going to have in his mm-hmm. return next Wednesday. Um, 
another match we'll get to in a second. Like I feel like I feel like there was a little bit more there's starting to be a little bit more emphasis put into Rampage. Dynamite still is where you gotta give give the goods, but um, you know, they need to get Rampage up. They have that's the number one. Dark mm-hmm. on YouTube, elevation, you I mean, you know, yeah. kind of just bonus at that point. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um Ooh. King Rail, maybe wishful thinking. What's the possibility of an NXT evasion angle or release superstar invasion angle coming? Uh, mm-hmm. I'll say this, uh, guys. I think that we, we saw with Raw this past week, Triple H is certainly just more open to let it let it play out, let it b- slow burn. I, I I think kind of maybe an NXT invasion someday, maybe not right now, but I think someday mm-hmm. it's probably inevitable. They probably tap into that well. That would be fun, especially if Triple H is in charge of the main roster and his old buddy, HBK, is the one who leads the charge. NXT, hey, Hunter, yes. I know you started this thing, but you took it in the wrong direction. I'm the one who saved NXT, and I'm going to show you that I'm going to save Raw and SmackDown as well with this talent that I built up. Yeah, the best part about this is that a lot of things now feel possible, right? Before mm. we were just fantasy booking and a lot of the things we didn't think creative will go there. Now I personally think a lot of things are possible in WWE television, mm-hmm. so I could see that happening. Mm-hmm. I'll even go as far to say this, because you're right. Uh, Issa, it's funny you said that phrase. That's, that's the phrase that I've been kind of living on for the last couple of weeks, is that anything feels possible. It's, it's what makes Mondays and Fridays really exciting right now. Mm-hmm. I'll even go as far to say, I'm not going to say this year. I'm not going to say next year. I'm not going to say it's with Raw or SmackDown. Maybe it's NXT. Maybe it's what I would go as far to say. I don't think it is completely off the reservation that maybe, maybe one day you see a WWE property do something with an AEW. Hmm. And that could be as blunt as crazy forbidden door super show, or that could be as subtle as, a, a, a Ric Flair type of special indie show where Triple H signs off and Tony Khan signs off to few select talent from each of their locker rooms mm-hmm. being on the same card. You know, that I, that I, I, I can think, see more. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, I, I think that that is in the realm of possibility in the future years, potentially. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Like I said, that the 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 latter half of what you said there, I think, is more feasible at this time right now. Right? Yep. A WWE locker room star, an AW locker room star. Jimmy Corderas flies down from Toronto. He's the ref. I think it's all possible. <laughs> with, the right, with the right amount of braces and Band-Aids. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say the right amount of zeros on the check. Well, that helps, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and U.S. funds, too, even better. <laughs> yeah, right. Better conversion rate, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, up next, we see a backstage, a pretty lengthy backstage um, mm-hmm. by AEW standards. Uh, the Young Bucks go into the locker room where they see the Dark Order members hanging with Hangman Page and basically Matt Jackson speaking for the team, uh, speaking for he and his brother, uh, saying, uh, thanking Page for helping them out last week after uh, Adam Cole and company turned on him, and uh, and then proceeding to uh, apologize for their actions of the past. And he really details a lot of history dating back to Page winning the title and just, you know, just money got crazy, money got to our heads, crazy, this and that, and need to get back to our roots. Uh and basically, they ask him to be their partner for the trios tournament. And, and and Paige says, you know, he'd like to. He appreciates what they're saying. He'd like to, but he's going to be loyal to the Dark Order because they were there all those times when the Young mm-hmm. Bucks weren't and turned their back. He's going to be loyal to the Dark Order. Paige, Hangman Page even says that he's not going to be part of the trios tournament. Dark Order is, but he's going to be in their corner. Uh, and so that maybe the Young Bucks need to go find somebody who didn't turn their backs on them. And the Young Bucks, of course, leave 
very distraught. Uh, Issa, two words. Kenny Omega? Yes, I mean, mm. I guess we said it differently, but we meant the same thing, right? I, 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 I've been talking to you guys about how I'd rather see Kenny Omega be part of the singles division, so I did think that Hangman Page was going to kind of join them here. This was a lengthy uh, backstage segment for my liking. I wish they would have just shortened it just a little mm. bit, but yeah. it built up that anticipation that Hangman was going to say yes, and he said no. So we'll see where it goes. It, it keeps you watching. The whole thing that you have to do is keep them tuning in next week, and now we need to figure out who the Young Bucks are going to team up with it could be a return it could be adam cole we don't know but the fact that we don't know makes it that much more interesting uh mm -hmm. so we'll see what happens jimmy as a referee do you like mm -hmm. the concept of a trios uh tournament and trios champion one oh, done right and if you use the rules to the advantage and use your referees correctly as as uh, uh rules enforcers and people that uh, someone that the heels outsmart as opposed to make look like you know the old uh cliche blind man with the you know with the tapping cane and the whole bit um i'm okay with trios matches like i said as long as they're done correctly and you can have that breakdown moment that going into the finish and that sort of thing but um um I, i'm just fearful that these are going to turn into what we saw earlier in the night in a tornado match and that's going to be more of what we see in this tournament uh, is my only concern yeah, so we'll stay tuned uh, and see how this plays out. But obviously, there's been a lot of rumor of Kenny Omega again. I mean, and, and certainly mm -hmm. w, or, uh, WWE, AEW needs. Uh, they got some people that have been on the sideline. They certainly need to get some of these people back. Uh, tease for the rest of this uh, podcast. Uh, but so Kenny Omega getting back, we'll, we'll see if that's in fact uh, how it plays mm -hmm. out. Uh, up next, we get Jungle Boy on commentary. Uh, Luchasaurus going to have what's going to be a squash match against Anthony Henry. That's exactly what it is. And then after that, Christian's backstage. Cutting a promo, doesn't want to be out there in front of the disgusting people in Minnesota. Jungle Boy quickly removes himself from the commentary desk uh, as he knows where Christian's at backstage. Goes to attack him. Luchasaurus follows up with it as well. Uh, so continuing to build the blood feud that it that is mm -hmm. Jimmy with uh, Jungle Boy and Christian Cage. You mm -hmm. know Christian better than any of us do. Um, I got to think this is building to one hell of a payoff match that, that Christian Cage is going to lay it all out there. No, absolutely. And I think uh, Christian knows big, good business and he sees that Jungle Boy is over right now. And I think he's going to do business the right way, whether it's in their first encounter or whether they have a series of matches where at the end, Christian eventually elevates Jungle Boy to the next level and puts him over. I mean, like we talked about before, you can get over without going over. But I think in this case, Jungle Boy in this feud at the end of it, needs to go over as well as get over. And Christian is a guy who, who, who understands that. And, and, it, and it's not so much about the win for him as about, as it is about the performance. Yeah. Um, Issa, thoughts on, on what we're eventually hitting? Yeah, it's, it's, it's showing a different side of Jungle Boy. I appreciate that. I I love mm -hmm. the shot of him like jumping at Christian and security, catching him literally mid-air. I thought that was super cool. <laughs> cool the way that it was shot um but also i think the security guard at aw is the worst job on the face on the earth and i don't mm -hmm. recommend that to anybody um real quick here super chat keith mm -hmm. going back to the uh, bucks and hangman segment uh, he says was hearing ramble on with the bucks and hangman yeah. it was a little long um yeah. but yeah I, I, in their mind i know it's supposed to be this big story that's been unfolding over the last couple of years basically since the inception of AEW. so i, I mm -hmm. mean i guess i get what they're trying what they're why they put the time towards it but i, I do agree it did kind of 
linger on. Hey, t- real quick here, uh, Jungle Boy. So he gets up out of the commentary desk. Something to note here tonight: Jim Ross there for the entire show. They've been yeah. doing this thing recently where Jim Ross comes out kind of as like a, an, an infused energy for the second hour. But they had him out there the entire time. I, I'm wondering. I guess maybe Issa because they try to build this as like one of their specials. This because you know, it gets a custom mm-hmm. name. I'm right. Guessing, I'm guessing that's why they had him out there the whole time. Yeah, that's what I was thinking as well. But next week seems to also be a TV special, so we'll see if we're gonna we're going to have in there all two hours. But I noticed that as well. Yeah, next week. What are they? They're, they're based around what dragons? Uh, something about um, Game of Thrones. I yeah. Think, yeah. Or something like that. Mm-hmm. Rather view Game of Thrones, people. Yeah. No. I tried. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad was real into it. Mm. I tried. He gave me like this is like ten years ago. He gave me like the DVDs and stuff. And and, and my now wife, we tried. We sat down and we like watched like a couple episodes. And like the DVD thing had like the big like had like a big like poster that unfolded. It was like the it was like the family tree of like how every how all the different castles and families and everybody whatever. And I'm like sitting there yeah. watching, and we're like, all right, so he he's related to oh he's related to she oh oh oh, oh he's banging her. Oh, but uh, I tried to keep score. I lost track. No, when you got to take notes, what well, it's different when you're taking notes uh, to review a show like we do. But when you were taking note, you have to take notes watching a television program. No, nah. sorry, I gave up. Maybe one day, yeah. maybe one day I'll, I'll revisit. But I gave up. There you go. All right, we get uh, Jay Lethal, Sonya Dutt, and Santam Singh. They're in the ring, cutting a little promo, talking some smack on Wardlow and what they did to him last Saturday at the Battle of the Belts. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about putting Wardlow through the table. Jay Lethal says, either defend the title again to me or we're just going to come and take it. Wardlow not going to put up with that. He comes out, says, oh, yeah, I'll defend this title again, but tonight I'm just whipping all three of y'all's ass. But before he mm-hmm. makes it to the ring, FTR decides to come and give him uh, a little help to equal the numbers. And all I could think, he says, I'm watching Wardlow come to the ring, FTR flanking him, and then I'm hearing the crowd. Uh, talk about three of the most over baby faces right now that AEW has produced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the fact that this relationship started as the pinnacle, and they were all heels, remember? And, and the yeah. fact that they're still together as three of the most over baby faces, and they did it separately. Um, it took me a second to put two and two together. When FDR came out, Like it took me a second to go back. Oh, yeah, they go back with the pinnacle. Um, Warlow, Warlow is a star. You know, I say this every week i absolutely love him a little bit of a of a weird take here but a lot of people didn't watch battle of the belt so if you're tuning in just for this show and you didn't tune in on saturday which is going to be the difference like we know the numbers that battle of the belts did and we know what dynamite does so there's gonna be about Mm -hmm. half of your audience that didn't watch it Mm -hmm. they're gonna feel a little lost here okay Uh, and before i toss to jimmy excellent point isa Mm -hmm. i thought here because they actually did this later in the um for the Ricky Starks match, I believe they interrupted the entrances on television to show you a little recap package of why we're here. This was where I thought they needed to implement a WWE method mm-hmm. of have lethal Sonya and Singh get in the ring. Do I know WWE sometimes overdoes it, but right. Do the mm-hmm. whole, Hey, run the video footage on the Tron. Right. Show what they did to Wardle last Saturday. Yes. I, I, I absolutely agree. Just based upon the factual numbers of how many people did watch Saturday versus how many watched Dynamite, you're right. There is a disconnect. So I do think 
before Warlow comes out and he's just going to automatically just grant another defense to Jay Lethal, why is he doing that? I, I think that's an excellent yes, point. I was I was unable to watch on Saturday and I see Jay Lethal coming out. Obviously, he doesn't have the title. So my first thought is like, okay, so Warlow, you know, obviously successfully defended. So why are they still talking Smash? Then he goes to mention they put him through the table. I would appreciate some kind of insert to see the actual visual of it. That's yeah. that's that's one of my concerns. Uh, sorry to cut you off there, Justin. Uh, with sometimes with the presentation of AEW is they assume that all their fans go either online or everything and check out the results and and read what happened if they didn't see it and stuff like that. And a lot of times that doesn't happen. You, they're, they're like you said, their main audience is Wednesday nights, and you know to to steal a WWE method, why not replay what happened? Give us a little taste of what happened. So because half. You know, if the numbers hold true to form, half the audience didn't witness it, like you said. So, you know, it only makes sense to to keep them informed. At least have the the commentary team say this past Saturday at Battle of the Belts, this happened. So this is why they are together. Oh, no, and, and Jimmy, I agree. And, I, and I'll again, I want to be transparent with the audience. Um, and first of all, I'm going to start with the compliment to Tony Khan. Tony Khan makes himself very um, approachable to the wrestling media. And I give him full credit for that because that's not that's not always a desirable thing to do, um, but he does. Uh, and, and and that was actually a conversation he and I had. It's actually been a couple of years at this point, so it's whatever. But I had a conversation with him, and and, and kind of the, the basis of it was uh, a particular story that was being told at the time. There were elements of the story that helped that that were meant to help amplify the the intensity of the conflict. But you would have had to watch some of the other programming they have, whether it was TV or or YouTube. Mm-hmm. And he and I just kind of had a very, just a very friendly debate in this conversation. And I just said, "Well, I, I'm just not feeling it as much when I watch that of it because I didn't catch everything live in real time or whatever." And, and you know, he made his points, and, and fair to him. And again, the guy's got a, a company's running, so fair to him. And again, I just compliment him the fact that he engaged us. This, this we had this debate with each other. Mm-hmm. Which again, he does not have to make time for little old me. So I mm-hmm. want to say that I'm complimenting him that he did this, but mm-hmm. it's the basis of what I thought then, and I, I'm with you again, Jimmy. Now that I still think there's a, a a balance that he needs to figure out of the the mediums of the distribution of these of these shows, and you know, again, they kind of they did the best effort later with Ricky Starks and Aaron Solo, which we'll get to in a second. Mm-hmm. But I thought here, no disrespect to Ricky Starks and Aaron Solo, but Wardlow is bigger than all those guys, and and so mm-hmm. if you're got your guy Wardlow who's got people chanting his name and there's this funny kind of Goldberg mm-hmm. parallels happening. Mm-hmm. If you put Wardlow through a table, you need to be blasting that all over the place that that mm-hmm. happened. <clears throat> Both for the sympathy of Wardlow and for the credit of Lethal, Sanye, and, and Satnam Singh. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. Interesting yep. choices that they, that they made or didn't make here. Agreed. Agreed. So we'll see where that goes. But there was a, a nice money shot that ends with, with FTR and Wardlow all holding mm-hmm. their gold up and, and, and the fans really popping uh, right. with these three guys. Um, <laughs> we, get, uh, uh, we get Ricky Starks for Dan Solo. Again, they do the, they do the video mm-hmm. package, watch it matter. Uh, Starks does get a win here. Pretty nice uh, ending with the finish, uh, the spear. After that, we get Nick Camarado and the rest of the factory coming out. Uh, numbers eventually too great for Starks, but he escapes the crowd. So mm-hmm. Ricky Starks, a babyface project, Jimmy. It seems like they're really starting to get behind. Yeah, and and the crowd seems to be getting behind him too, and that's the biggest thing. It, it, that's the biggest uh, factor that you need. You need the crowd behind this guy, and they are 
getting behind the guy. The only thing I, I, I will complain a little bit about is, again, more aftermath, which seems to happen after every match in AEW. You talk about stuff getting done too much. We see a little bit too much of that happening. And in this case, the aftermath with the chair and all that stuff looked a little sloppy. It didn't come up. I'm not saying it should look smooth as silk, but at the same time, you know, it didn't look good. The aftermath didn't come off well. But um, as far as Ricky Starks as a babyface, it seems to be working. Issa, are you in on Ricky Starks as a babyface? All in. Absolutely in. Um, love Ricky Starks. Didn't like the visual seeing him run away from them at the end. But, I mean, he's all by himself now, I guess. You know, we got to follow the story and see where it goes. But overall, yeah, I think Ricky Starks is a star. He's got it. So we'll see where this goes. Uh, fun quick backstage. We see the gun club. We see... Uh, mm-hmm. We see uh, Billy Gunn uh, not happy with his sons. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> they get interrupted by Stokely uh, Hathaway with um, <laughs> calling him Grandpa Ass, which I got a big pop oh, on social media. Uh, and he proceeds to give his business cards to the younger guns, and, and Billy chases them away. Um, uh, you know, Fawn setting up against stuff that's happening on Rampage and other shows. But the grandpa ass seemed to just go viral. Uh, Issa. Uh, uh, sorry, I just want to just say really quickly. Grandpa people, ass to Jimmy. There we go. No, sorry. No, that, that guy should wish they looked as good as grandpa ass yes. does at his age. Anyways, never mind. Issa, sorry, Issa, grandpa, go ahead. Grandpa mm-hmm. ass. I loved it. I popped for it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I thought it was great. I yeah. thought it was great. Um, yeah. I know afterwards we see some other things and it was weird because I know that we've seen Parker and you'll talk about it in a second. We've seen him in Dark, but he hasn't been introduced in AEW. So it was just a very weird way to introduce him. Um, And he's going to be in the trios tournament and we're just now finding out about it. So there's like, like, I saw Jimmy making the, you know, let's just like, there's some things that just needs to be tied up a little bit in the presentation. This is one of them because Parker just looks so impressive next to all of these guys and you just debut him so lacklusterish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the jump it, to another backstage, the best friends, Orange Cassidy and them, again, mm-hmm. approached by Ari Davari. He's got his, uh, what are they they're called, the Truth Busters, Ari Davari, Slim mm-hmm. Jay, and Parker Boudreaux. We'll get back to Parker here in a second. Um, Ari trying to kind of lure Orange Cassidy and Orange Cassidy has no interest, so you know, oh, you're gonna you're you're gonna regret not being part of us. Uh, announced again for Rampage this Friday, Parker Boudreaux is going to be in a debut singles match. Um, Parker Boudreaux, we we haven't uh, Ari Ari Davari, of course. Uh, you know, uh, interesting they did this tonight. Uh, I believe the Davaris are from the Minnesota. I believe are from Minnesota mm-hmm. or or yeah, yeah. Um, I think you're right. So that's a little interesting tie. Um, so kind of cool here. Um, Parker Boudreaux. This guy, if you look at him, he, a lot of comparisons have been made. He looks like a young Brock Lesnar. He was, of course, in the WWE system, got released, mm-hmm. budget cuts. Tony Khan and his company pick him up. Um, this might be one of the most interesting things that would make me check out my DVR rampage I, is to see this guy, to see his headshot, to see his debut singles match. Mm-hmm. I mean, because Jimmy, he loves look. He does. He, I mean, he. I'm a big believer. I've told you this, Jimmy. I'm a big believer in the in the airport test. Hmm. If the guy can walk or girl can walk through the airport and get me to turn my head, they've got my attention. Mm-hmm. I know once the bell rings, we need to see certain things. They got to be able to apply a few headlocks. They got to be able to do some basics. But I'm a big right. believer in the airport test. No, and you're absolutely right. And I think he does pass the airport test. But that's the thing. You're going to get people to want to tune in and check him out. 
it's now up to him to deliver. Whether it is not, I'm not saying he should go out there and do a twisting, burning 450 hammer Phoenix splash. He needs to get the audience, the fans invested in him uh, as a talent in the ring and also as a, a, as a person, as a character. And hopefully he can do that. Issa, any evaluation on uh, or expectation, I should say, on, on Parker? No, I can't wait to see what he does. I don't think we got to see a lot of him in, in the way that he was booked in NXT for that short period of time with Joe Gacy. So I'm excited mm-hmm. to just see him on his own. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling, based upon it, just just his appearance alone, he might be one that, of course, he was, again, released under budget cuts and under uh, previous management. I got a feeling he's one that Triple H wish he could get a mulligan for, and that if he becomes available again, mm-hmm. we'll try to get back into the system. Uh, if, mm-hmm. if possible. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, okay, up next, we've got our women's match here. Jade Cargill up against Madison Rain. Uh, Jade Cargill, of course, our TNT or our TBS champion, excuse me. Uh, so Madison Rain, uh, she is the most experienced opponent that Jade has ever been in the ring with. Jimmy, I'm going to toss to you. Mm-hmm. I don't know necessarily who or why. I don't know if it was the vast experience that Madison has over Jade. I don't know if it was just miscommunication. This was not the best Jade Cargill showing. She gets the win. Mm-hmm. She she counters Madison's cross reign and goes it gets into her uh, uh, jaded. I think they call it the, 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 the mm-hmm. slam. But this was th- th- this this was one of the more exposed matches of Jade Cargill's young career. Uh, I hate to agree with you, but I do, and it sh- and it showed. And uh, it again, it takes two to tangle. And I don't want to say that Madison Rain uh, should eat some of the blame here, but at the same time, maybe there was a miscommunication. Maybe they weren't on the same page, but something was not clicking with these two ladies. And this, they did work hard. There were there were times where it looked a little snug in there, and maybe that was it. Maybe it was a, it was a personal thing, but it didn't come off. Again, I hate to use the word smooth, but it just looked like they, they, they did not have that chemistry together. And this was an opportunity for Jade Cardgill to really uh, show a little bit more, especially with someone like Madison Rain, who has now got multitasks over there. She's also got some behind the scenes roles as well. But uh, yeah, I think uh, a little bit of a miss here. Well, Anissa, to Jimmy's point, he's, he's referenced smooth a couple times, and I think what he's uh, trying to get at is there's a there's a fine line between you don't want to look so smooth that it is it is too choreographed. You want to have a bit of a real life struggle, but there's a line between a real life struggle and just being on different different pages, uh, and that's what it kind of felt like tonight. Is that this was that this was a little bit. I, I I had this match for me was up and down, up and down. I did see some moments for Jade uh, here or there, right? But Jade just looks it. Um, then when you start paying close attention to her in-ring work, um, that's when you, you can see a couple of these misses that you guys are talking about. At the same time, this is her 36th match ever <laughs> you know and 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 she there is no performance center here as you know mm-hmm. tony khan says so we're watching her grow in front of our eyes and yeah i i wish it would have been a little bit better but at the same time i i think it's incredible what she's doing given the the experience that she's had well and yeah i mean again jay cargo looks like one million dollars mm-hmm. she i mean she is an incredibly she's an incredible looking 
uh, athlete, performer. But I think to what you just said there about how uh, the only so many refs, this is where this is a double-edged sword of AEW's um, uh, business model mm-hmm. for the talent. It's a very attractive thing for the talent, I know, that especially talent that have previously worked in WWE, that they don't have to work house shows, that they're not on the road four and five days a week every week, that they are, mm-hmm. you know, they're on the road for Dynamite, and, and most times Rampage is taped, so you're on the road one day a week. Uh, maybe two if, if, if you have a pay-per-view. But while you have that nice peace of mind that you don't have to be on the road all week and, and, and you can go do other projects and what have you, the double-edged sword is that you know if you are in WWE and you do a house show loop and you get reps in front of live mm-hmm. crowds that's not televised, that's where people like Jay Cargo probably would benefit. Right. And she's not getting that. Yeah, it's, com- uh, that, it's, it's a double-edged sword. Yeah, it's a completely different thing to be in a gym with the ring and working out there and getting your reps in there as opposed to being, like you said, just in front of a live crowd because a live crowd at the end of the day is the um, people who are telling you if you're doing it right or wrong. Yeah, right. Uh, Robert Martinez, Super Chat. Jade is so green. Madison was calling that match like Randy Savage. (laughs) Did she even say, ooh, yeah, one time? (laughs) Uh, I mean, I, I think Madison Rain's a great acquisition for them to have, mm-hmm. but it, 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 this was, you know, um, it, it, it yeah. did stick out. Uh, Post match, Athena jumps in the ring. Uh, she attacks at Jade. Uh, so there's that. So she's certainly calling her shot to be the next challenger for Jade. Mm-hmm. Sticking with the women's division backstage, we see that uh, we see backstage uh, and find out Chris Statlander. She's hurt. Mm-hmm. So that is going to promote Tony Storm as the number one contender for her. Uh, you know. Thunderstorm partner Thunder Rosa's AEW Women's title, and so that's eventually going to happen. So that's where we're at with the AEW Women's division. Um, Chris Statlander mm-hmm. hurt. Tony Storm elevated to Tony Storm's in action next Wednesday, uh, but her versus Thunder Rosa inevitably going to happen. Maybe it's all out in September. But um, yeah, and don't let the time spot fool you because they mm-hmm. gave more time to the main event. We're still in the exact same spot right yeah. before the main event. Exactly. Exacto mundo, as they say. And, uh, you know, I, I like the fact that they explained the reason why these two are going to face each other eventually and why yeah. she is now the number one contender. They explained it to the, to the audience so they understand. I'm just glad that they didn't use the terminology, can these two still coexist? <laughs> Uh, I see somebody in the chat making a comparison to Jade Goldberg. And I actually personally have always said that I would rather see Jade come out and squash people. I don't want to see her have long technical matches. Mm-hmm. And maybe they're just trying to show what she can or can't do. But Jade looked like she can kick all of these women's asses on the women's roster in AEW mm-hmm. and the men's. So why not just have her out there and, and let her get a couple of squash matches? We don't need mm-hmm. to see her try to put on a big technical matches. We have other females in that roster to do that. Yeah, I would agree. I agree. Yeah, I agree too. All right, well, you talk about time. So uh, they end up going into their main event match with still about 30 minutes to go. And mm-hmm. and, and I was happy with that because I was like, all right, well, we're going to get some time given to two veteran performers mm-hmm. also i figured whatever the big hubbub is it's going to end this hopefully we're starting this early enough to where we won't we won't be rushing that's obviously been a big mm-hmm. complaint of mine at least is that they just try to cram too much you know J- jimmy's mm-hmm. jimmy's pound in a bag uh comparison <laughs> but we end up rushing the ending yeah so the fact they were starting this early i was like all right let's let let's let let's make sure we get enough time for the things to breathe here mm-hmm. 
Lionheart Chris Jericho uh, battling John Moxley. This is for the interim AEW world title. I'll run through some of the highlights, and then we'll talk about the fallout. Uh, early, very early on, the opening minutes, Jericho rips out Moxley's earring, and of course, you know mm. the cartilage in your ear that you're going to bleed. So it was a way to get some blood without having to do any blade jobs. But the blood mm. is all over the place. Um, you know, I don't know, Issa. I don't know if you wear jewelry, Jimmy. I don't know if you have a wedding ring. I'm mm. big on. I don't wear. I mean, I you know, I have the ring on now, but like, no. If I'm golfing, if I'm swimming, if I'm doing anything physical, I don't wear jewelry. I don't want to lose it. I don't want it to uh, be a distraction of my performance. Why the hell? I don't do I anything without my earrings. Nothing hmm. without my earrings. Nothing? I feel naked really? without them. Actually, even yes. in nothing, even in the ring. Yeah, I, I can't. Wow. Yeah, no, 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 no. I even oh. work out with earrings on. So, I see. I never wore my ring in uh, my wedding ring in the in, in the ring while I was refing because I always figured, what happens if I jam my finger and it swells up? I'll never yeah. get that thing off, and uh, it could cause some more damage than it than need be. But uh, uh, yeah, that spot kind of made me cringe a yeah, little bit. Let's put it that way. I uh, it makes you think: Why would someone wear jewelry in the ring? In a match, in, especially uh, wearing uh, wearing a ring in your ear, even on a side headlock, you would uh, I would imagine you could feel it. Depending Issa, on what. Issa, back to the back to the earring thing here. You're telling. All right, let me. I'm gonna I'm gonna ramble through life activities. All right, so uh, obviously you know you're interviewing, you're doing podcasts, you're looking your mm -hmm. best. Earring, I get it. Okay, all right. So uh, uh, cooking dinner, earrings. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have an industrial piercing as well that you can't really take off and change like every day. Like you can't do that. Oh. Swimming in the pool, earrings. Yeah. Working out, earrings. Yes. Uh, 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 a good night. With I have about I have about I think nine piercings in my ears. So like you really think I'm gonna take with these nails? You think I'm gonna be taking those off or everything and putting them back on? It's complicated. No. Uh, a good night with a with a fella. Earrings, mm -hmm. man, he's hardcore. <laughs> All right, well, that be that. Uh, yeah. I hope nobody rips it out of your ear and you don't start uh, uh, getting color during whatever you're doing. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, crimson mask for John Moxley. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, Lionheart Chris Jericho, of course, last surviving member of the uh, uh, the Heart Dungeon. Puts mm -hmm. on the nice Bret Hart uh, uh, tribute, does the figure four around the ring post. That was pretty mm -hmm. cool. Mm -hmm. He does the walls of Jericho during the entire commercial break. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. <laughs> that was amazing. That, I, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it just, it, we didn't miss anything during the entire commercial break. <laughs> but to their credit, they come back from the break. And Moxley, you know, hulking up, he gets to the rope and the crowd bought it. So mm -hmm. um, whoever called the spot to do, let's do a three-minute Boston Crab spot, it mm -hmm. got the fans into it. So, yeah, you know. Um, all right, so and that's, that's, the, that's the walls of Jericho, which is kind of your more traditional Boston Crab. Keep that in mind here. We'll get to that in a second. All right, I got to turn to our referee. Mm-hmm. Jericho removes the turnbuckle pad for two of the corners, mm -hmm. throwing the turnbuckles. 
That gets referee Aubrey all flustered. She even leaves the ring to go collect such debris. Jim Ross isn't having it. Right. He calls out, why is the referee leaving the ring? But that's mm-hmm. the distraction that allows Sammy Guevara to toss the, the baseball bat to Jericho. Jimmy, yeah. I want to ask. I, I know you don't like it. I'm not even going to ask if you like it. I know you don't like it. Right. What I want to ask is, mm-hmm. um, if you are refereeing this match, Mm-hmm. And this spot gets pitched to you from Chris Jericho. Chris mm-hmm. freaking Jericho. Will you buck against him and say, Chris, this is making me look like a moron? Uh, I, would, I wouldn't I uh, would force it on him, but I would say something about it. And if they really wanted to do that spot, it is my job to do what they want me to do. And unfortunately... I would go along with it, but but, but you would have you would have countered with a better reason to get you distracted, so Sammy could toss the baseball bat. Yeah, because I would say, uh, Chris, that doesn't make you look like you're outsmarting me. It makes me look like an idiot for going to go chase it. If you can come up with a better reason for me to to want to do it, like uh, I, I can't think of anything right off the top of my head right now, but yeah. there has to be a better way to distract the referee where they could throw the bat in there. And there's another thing I'm going to get to in a second about the bat. Um, what? So let's stick on this point real quick. Because again, this this is where having you on the podcast is so valuable. Because I mean, again, for people people that are listening to this podcast, if they don't know Jimmy's history, Jimmy was with WWE from the late '80s until 2009. So this is a guy who's been with WWE for a long time. So I, I really value you know your ask your 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 outlook on this. Um. This is where I wonder, and this is where I also wonder, and, and WWE's done this too, where we have we have male and female refs. That's great. Mm-hmm. I'm all for the mm-hmm. the the inclusion. Yep. Um, why not bump the ref so she's unconscious? Is that a case of it's a female ref with male competitors, and we look this looks bad having a male hit a female by even by accident? But you can do it very. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off again, but you can do it simply where they don't do the damage where. Let's say, for example, you you want her to go pick something up on the ring apron. And as she steps through the ropes onto the ring apron, someone hits the ropes, she bumps off the ring. Now she's out of the way. And you didn't touch her. So there's ways around everything. I'm just throwing that out there. Um, There seems to be this thing. I know they did one the other week, but... There seems to be this thing at AEW where they don't want to do somebody. Somebody there is just not a fan of ref bumps. And I'm not saying they should do one every week, but at the same time, when you need a real distraction, it doesn't hurt. And you don't have to bump them so that they're completely out of the way. It's just, it could be something like a, you know, wind up back, the elbow hits and you're like selling, you know what I mean? Well, and, uh, and, as opposed to selling someone else getting hurt and overselling that. Side. Well, no. like you said, you don't want to do a ref every week, but like this is the this is a world title match mm-hmm. that you're given the final thirty minutes. You're it's giving not, it's not it's a fake title. Wow, but it's no. still well, well. We'll get to that in a second, but it's yeah. still world title, and it's and you're giving it a fourth of the time. You're giving it mm-hmm. a fourth of the of your block of time of your whole damn show. Mm-hmm. So if anything's going to be calls for a ref bump, this is the match, right? Right. Um, and yeah, uh, I agree with that. And also I think uh, because they used the bat in this match and they u- had blood in the first match, I think, uh, it, but, again, repetition is a little bit of a problem. I think they need to communicate better between matches. For example, look, look I know that they use the, the, the skateboard with the thumbtacks to get blood in the first match, but if they're going to have blood in the first match, 
they 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 got a lot of blood in the last match. It kind of takes away, and so does the use of a bat in the first and the last match. I, I just wish that they would have saved everything for maybe the last match. It was the main event, after all. All right, let me run through the rest of this match, and then we'll get all, we'll do all of our, our thoughts here. So uh, we see that spot. Um, there's a false finish with uh, Jericho hitting the juice effect, which is that spinning back elbow. Uh, Jericho does eventually eat his exposed buckle that he, of course, did. That then results in a lot of blood from him. Gusher. That actually looked. I mean, I, maybe I missed it because I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm taking notes. I'm not watching this close, but that looked like that might have been a hard way gash because I didn't see him. R.I.P. Jericho's face. He took that accidental share to the head not too long ago, mm -hmm. and now he's taking this because this didn't look like something that was intended to happen. No, it look, this looked like more blood than they wanted. Mm -hmm. um, he does the lion tamer, which is obviously different. It's a more, um, you know, it, it, it's a more vertical base of the of, of, of the Boston Crab. But ultimately, Moxley is going to eventually uh, counter and get him into a rear naked choke that they really, again, draw out. But eventually, Jericho taps. So Moxley gets the win. After the match, Sammy and Jake Hagar, and eventually all the JAS are out there. Eventually... Mm -hmm. Kingston Ortiz and the Blackpool Combat Club, they're all out there. So it is just uh, Donnie Brook of Gang Warfare. Mm -hmm. And finally, the return of the current AEW World Champion. Uh, he comes out, CM Punk clears house. We get the showdown, the face to face with he and Moxie. Moxie gives him the nice middle finger, tells him he's number one in his book. Um, you know, and again, I'm glad that they did the timing the way they did this. When, when the match ended at like 9.53 Eastern time, I was like, all right, seven minutes, that's an eternity for them right now. Mm -hmm. They right. did this on purpose. Good on them. Let's not rush this aftermath. Uh, Issa, I assume Punk and Moxley is at All Out. What did this main event do for you? And I ask you for the Jericho purpose. I ask you for the Moxley purpose. And I ask you for the Punk purpose. What did this do for I you for their world title? <sighs> It's, it's not a real world title to CM Punk showed up. Let's be real. Mm -hmm. I never thought that we were going to get anything outside of Punk and Moxley. I do think it's been fun. Um, I do think it's been fun to see Moxley defend the title and see it on television every week. But they have made it so clear that it's an interim. And as soon as CM Punk came out, like the commentary team could not say fast enough, the AEW world champion. So what is this thing that Moxley is carrying around? A fake Louis Vuitton bag from Chinatown? <laughs> and Jim, and, and Issa, Jim Ross even. I mean, look, <laughs> when Aubrey left the ring, Jim Ross got pretty excited and pissed off that she left mm -hmm. the ring. And even at one point, Ross just kind of like, it sounded like he put his drink down and went, Mox is not even the real champion anyway. Mm. <laughs> and, I know. Com <laughs> and commentary tried to prop back up. Well, no, he's our interim champion. So even JR is even kind of speaking through some. Right. So right. if the match was uh, the match was fun. I like that they gave him time. Um and, and I and I enjoy seeing Moxley get this moment in front of the fans because I shared with you guys in the past his first AEW world title reign was during the pandemic. We didn't get to see him have a reign in front of fans. But as soon as Punk came out, it just felt like, yeah, this is all this is all for, for show. This is all filler until Punk came back. And that's that's what it felt like. Until you see uh a Claudio freaking hyping him up like, no, you're still the champ to me, bro. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> awesome to see CM Punk back. He was even making fun of himself because we just saw him at yeah. San Diego Comic Con, like like acting like this foot is still broken in half. And now mm -hmm. we see him looking healthy, excited to see him be back for All Out. He, I think it's going to be fun. The match he, is going to be fun. But I never doubted that it wasn't going to be Punk and Mox, not even throughout yeah. Moxley's old title, fake title defenses. It's always, I always thought this is what we were going to get at. Yeah, Punk bouncing around to show off. Yeah, it was fun. He looked like Scotty too hot. He getting ready to do the worm. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the way it was going. there you go, uh, uh, Jimmy. Your, your thoughts on this, and then I have a follow up question after this. No, I, I did enjoy the match. I did enjoy the ending uh, to a certain point. I thought the it, it, there was too much commotion afterwards. It, 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 you know what I mean? I get it. JAS ran in the uh, Blackpool Club. You know, everybody hit the ring. To, for, for Punk's big uh, entrance. I just think it took too long uh, for it to all transpire. Yes, they had plenty of time to do it, finally, but they could have... I, I, I just think the, the, the brawling afterwards was a little much. And then Punk coming out and him and Mox having that stare down, I love the fact that they took their time. They didn't, ha they didn't really have that... Uh, handshaking moment, you know what I mean? So Mox or, flipped him off and then shoulder bumped him out of the ring. Yeah, exactly. So it was a little bit of like FU kind of thing at the same time, which was nice. And then, you know, they end with Punk in his, his uh, pipe bomb position sitting in the middle of the ring. And you know what I mean? It, it, I, I, I like the way it ended. It just, uh, I thought the brawling afterwards was a little much. It didn't need to be that much. You know, All right, uh, Robert Martinez, you got a super chat we're going to get to in a second. He, get, he sent it over an hour ago, so appreciate your patience. Okay. Uh, we'll get to it in a second. Um, so, Jimmy, inevitably, All Out, mm -hmm. your main event, who's the real world champion? Moxley mm. or Punk? See, yeah. Uh, that, 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 that's the inevitable, right? Right. Um, both guys battling for the right to be the world champion. Both guys former WWE stars, WWE champions. Mm -hmm. Is that the prime real estate for an MJF to reemerge and just take hostage that entire match? That's what I was thinking. You took the words right out of my yeah. mouth. This is where, you know, this is radio silence on MJF. Nobody has mentioned him. Nobody's talking about him. He, even he's kind of gone radio silent as well. This would be the perfect opportunity for him to, to you got to somehow sneak him in the building the same way they snuck in John Cena at the Royal Rumble where nobody knew who he was, you know what I mean? And that he was there, uh, you know, at, at uh, Madison Square Garden and just let him come out and just disrupt the entire thing and say, you guys did not build this place. I am the one who made AEW, what is AEW, or whatever the verbiage is, you know, just let let MJF call, call, call John Moxley Dean Ambrose on the mic. Ah! Oh my goodness! See, there you go, there you go. See, and and he's someone who can get away with it. And the Chicago crowd will eat that up entirely, yeah. and uh, that would be the way to go, in my opinion. And that's how you get out of this match without crowning a, you know, unified champion or whatever you want to use the term, or or you know, and have. The uh, MJF just crap everything up. Isa, uh, it's inevitable, right? Moxley versus Punk. Uh, uh, Long-term predictions. We're still a month away. I mean, I would love to see what we're talking about here. You know, MJF is my favorite. I miss him every week. Uh, there, there are 
putting on some incredible shows I thought tonight was fun, but I still miss the presence of NJF in every show. Um, I think it will be great. Even if that doesn't happen for whatever reason, I do see Punk finally winning and going on with the reign that he hasn't gotten a chance to really have. But I would love to see MJF coming and just mess everything up. Mm-hmm. All right, Robert Martinez. Robert was one of our first Super Chats. Uh, appreciate you waiting patient until it's time to get it. He says, wow, what a main event. I really thought Chris was going to going to babyface. Uh, he really is a wizard. Uh, Starks has a nicer spear, better than Roma's. Ooh, he says, <laughs> Robert, you had me in the first half. I'm not going to lie, but... <laughs> You uh, lost you me at the last. You time. had her to a nicest spear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, okay, but uh, I got to tell you, not better than edges. <clears throat> Jim, I'm going to fight you in there. Mm. I have a thing about spears. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a size thing. It's a size thing. Uh, no guy mm. that's yeah. 100 pounds going to well, tell me. Well, that's the thing. I, I, I'm, I'm big on body types who give spears. Um, I like Bobby Lash. I like how Bobby Lash does his front roll through his. Right. That's yeah. a good thing. Mm-hmm. Of course, Goldberg got a spear. Reigns has got a spear. Edge is built to. He's too lengthy of a guy. I don't. Yeah. I, I never bought into his spear. He looks like a spear. Same. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what. Uh, yeah. You know, Ryan, I, I, and I, I've been speared by Rhino. Oh. I've I've been. <laughs> I've been out of all the things that that I've felt in a ring, the mm-hmm. most painful thing I've ever felt. I mean, I've been, you know, Singapore cane by Sandman. I've been, you know, all, the the most painful thing I've dealt with is a spear. Mm-hmm. Once by Rhino recently, a few months ago, mm-hmm. the Gore. Mm-hmm. Once by a by our promoter. So I'm not a trained wrestler. Oh. The two different spears that I've gotten are yeah. the, I, 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 I felt it and I, I nearly puked. It, that, that's been oh. the worst thing I've ever felt. Um, oh. I've been, mm. you know, Wardlow's giving me his damn thing and whatever. I, spear is a thing. Uh, and, and, but I, I'm, so I'm big on the spear, but mm. yeah, just, I never got behind. I, I, I never mm. thought Edge yeah. should have a spear as part of his Same. repertoire. Mm. No, I don't know. Maybe, maybe because I'm kind of biased, the good Canadian kid, and also you—you you talk about being speared. I was—I have been speared by Edge, and uh, he did protect me very well. Oh and, yeah, and yeah. I really and keep in mind, I'm not talking. This is not a uh, kayfabe talk. I'm not talking about who does it safely. No, 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 no. I'm talking about visually what no, it looks like. Visually, yeah. what look. I just never like. You mm. know, I—I I, okay. I think you need That's a big—you need a bigger upper body for a spear to look. You know, again, Lashley looks good. Goldberg mm. looks good. Rhino looks good. I also thought, like I thought, Edge's um, the 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 crazy DDT that he would do, the elevated, oh, yes. that yes. looked good. Yeah, you know, I just I, spear was never something I thought for him. Mm. Um, I hear. So. That's fair. That that. All right. Uh, that was uh, that was AEW Dynamite tonight uh, from the Quake by the Lake in Minneapolis, mm. Minnesota. Uh, Thank goodness it wasn't the mistake by the lake, but anyway. <laughs> Well, it's going to continue. The Quake by Lakes going to continue for Rampage that they're uh, mm-hmm. taping right now this Friday. Yeah. Uh, Issa, uh, give us some final thoughts and some cheap plugs. No, I actually thought that this episode of Dynamite was a lot of fun. It was something for everyone. Every every t- style of match, you had a surprise return. You had a couple of storylines building backstage. I really I, I enjoyed the show. I was entertained. And you guys can find me on Twitter, NYC Demon Diva. Also on YouTube, Lucha Libre Online. I got all kinds of interviews mm. coming out that I did over at Nashville. Love it, love it. Jimmy, uh, 
cup of coffee tomorrow morning for the Ruffin Rant. What's it about? Uh, it's uh, tomorrow's referent, I think, is going to be about. Let me think now. Hmm. Now that I think about it, it, it might have something to do with one of our news topics from tonight. Ooh. Yeah, as opposed to from the show tonight. I'll save I'll save something from the show tonight for Friday's referent. But uh, you can see the referents right here at Jimmy Corderas uh, uh, at my uh, Twitter, real Jimmy Corderas on uh, Instagram and. Of course, you can catch myself, Justin, and Jack on Mondays, uh, Triple J, doing the Raw Review. And you can catch the three of us here every Wednesday night uh, reviewing Dynamite, which is I'm, I'm having a blast doing. Thank you, guys. It's, this is a lot of fun. And for those of you out there, uh, you mentioned tonight's show. Yes, I was entertained. And the one thing you said, Issa, that, that, that I completely agree with is you got different styles of matches tonight, uh, a little bit of everything. And that's what I liked. We had variety. Buffet was open for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Jimmy, great stuff. Uh, first Jimmy with his coffee, his <laughs> Maxwell House, and uh, no creamer. Mm-hmm. Drinking it black, can't do it. No, no, I, uh, no. That's my wife who drinks it black. I got to take it. I got to take one sugar and just a little bit of little bit of creamer. Oh, it's Audra who's who's the devil. Yeah, Audra's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's the tough one in the family. <laughs> can't deal with it. All right, very good, very good. Um, all the great plugs. Again, uh, thanks to everybody for, for tuning in live. If you're checking us out on the archive or on the audio only, we appreciate it. Again, hit, hit subscribe, hit like, leave a comment, tell a friend. You tell one friend. If everybody tells one friend, mm-hmm. this thing grows. Uh, again, please tweet at all of us, at Justin Labar, at NYCDNDVA, at Jimmy Corderas. Let us know where in the world are you watching or listening. What do you enjoy most about the, the show? Whatever the case may be, I, I love to share those whenever we get them. Mm-hmm. Really appreciate it. Um, that's going to do it for tonight. Uh, again, check out Wrestling Inc. Brand new layout uh, for your news stories all week long. So check that out. And uh, we'll be back this crew next Wednesday. Jimmy and myself and Jack next Monday. Be good. Be safe. Have some fun. It's wrestling. It's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be a skate. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.